coming up on Why I Move. We started playing tunes and I was like, skipping to music is a thing. And because it's like a dance. It suddenly felt like that kind of jiggery, energetic, flowy feeling that you get when you're in the rave and you're mm-hmm. just in it. I'm Hannah. And I'm Natasha. We're editors at LUK. And in this podcast, we're digging deep into the highs and lows of our guests' lives as we talk to them about how they move. This podcast is created by Elle in association with Nike. Each episode, we'll be inviting Nike coaches and trainers to join the conversation and share their stories about how movement has affected their lives. This week, we're joined by trainer Rowan Ida. Before we start the show and meet our celebrity guest, what's your speciality, Rowan, when it comes to training? So my specialty is indoor cycling. Besides that, I love to combine it with sculpt workouts. But indoor cycling is definitely the main game. And can you share your biggest fitness lesson so far? Definitely that fitness should be and can be a playful and a fun journey. You can really enjoy it and find something that you absolutely love. Amazing. And we'll catch up with you later, Rowan. On with the show. So today we're joined by Makita Oliver. Makita is a broadcaster, television presenter and radio personality. Makita crashed onto our screens back in 2001 when she was just 15 as co-presenter of Channel 4's Pop World which takes me right back in a wonderful, wonderful way. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Since then, she's presented programmes on Channel 4, BBC Three and Amazon Prime Video. You'll currently catch her guest hosting Sunday Brunch on Channel 4. Last year, Makita and her mum created the Caribbean with Andy and Makita for the BBC. Starting in Antigua, they met members of their extended family, reconnected with their Antiguan heritage and reflected on the Caribbean's rich history and culture. If you follow Makita on her social media, you'll know that she likes to keep active. Between running marathons and her new venture Skip School, the skipping rope community that Makita is building, more on that later, Makita is on a mission to find her rhythm and to help you find yours too. Makita, welcome to Why I Move. How are you feeling today? Good. I, I, intros are so strange, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just going to sit there and listen to flattery. Yeah, and then hear your life in a little package. It's yeah, like, yeah. God, yeah, I did do that. We're going to kick off the show like you would any good workout with a little warm-up. Right. Okay, so you've got one minute to finish the following sentences. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, cool. Proudest sporting moment? Running the London Marathon. The tune that always gets you moving. Anything by Burner Boy, to be completely honest. I can't work out without my... Headphones. The best energy booster? I'd say skipping, actually. I have to start the day with... (laughs) (laughs) What What is it, Makita? (laughs) Herbal tea. (laughs) Wild. Wasn't what we were expecting. Oh, and and music. I'd turn the radio on straight away. Yeah. My least favourite time to train is... Oh, God, after six. I'm the opposite. I can't I do it. I mean, I do and I always feel great, but... Favourite place to work out? Probably in the gym that I'm a member of, which is at the top of Ali Pali, and it's got a beautiful view over London. I love training there. My celebrity gym buddy would be... Grimmy. 
<laughs> would, would that help you get a better workout? Yeah, no, oh, he really? goes okay, fine. in. Oh my God, he goes in. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds intense. And if I could play any sport professionally, it would be... Tennis. Nice. Absolutely. Wimbledon, here you come. Absolutely. In my other life, I would have been a tennis player. I love tennis. I really do. Okay, time's up. That's so, the warm-up done. Yeah. That's the warm-up. How do you feel? Yeah, a yeah, little bit heart racy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into the skipping and your routine now, can we talk a little bit about what your relationship was like with sport growing up? Uh, were you part of any teams? Like, what were people playing around you? I was always really interested in sport and wanted to play as much as possible. It's funny because I've just got close to my Scottish side of the fam of my family, so my dad's side. I've never really met. I've never met any of them, and I've recently gone to Scotland to meet them all. And I found all these pictures of my grandfather, who's passed away, who I only met once, who used to play tennis constantly and used to carve his own tennis rackets. So I was like, okay, this runs deep. Like this is <laughs> in me for another reason. So I always wanted to be as sporty as possible. And because we didn't have any money, there was a lot of sports I didn't feel like I had access to, like tennis and badminton and squash, things that need a racket, things that need a ball, things that need a bag and things that need money to book a court. You just, you don't even go into, oh, maybe there's a community one that I can do or maybe I can borrow a racket. You just, it doesn't feel like a space for you. I grew up in Labrick Grove mm. in the late 80s. So it's very diverse, multicultural place, lots of creative people, but there wasn't really that wasn't really, like, West London people don't even really support football teams. Not like they do in North London. I mean, there's QPR, my dad loves them. Same. But, yeah, right, okay, sorry. Being a mascot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, thank God, I mentioned, yeah. thank God oh, I mentioned. Thank God I mentioned. I was going to bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> thank God I mentioned QPR. Um, but yeah, in Lambert Grove, it really wasn't a thing. There was basketball in Power Square, which I always did want to play, but I was too nervous because it was always the boys playing. And then when I was about 12, they opened the PlayStation Skate Park and that was mainly just to go snog boys. So there was, yeah. yeah. So there was, so it wasn't about, but my friends with money who went to boarding schools would talk about how many sports they had to play and how important it was. And I just, I was jealous, very jealous. So my relationship with sports was always on the outside wanting to be more in and uh, trying to figure out ways to do that for myself, which is, you know, We'll talk about it later, but that's why I started skip school. Yeah. yeah. Considering your life is is different to sort of the majority of people's lives in the sense that you had this big, big, crazy public-facing job at 15, which I can't even wrap my head around. And we'll come back to sort of what that did for your sense of, like, worth and body image and stuff later. But I'd imagine there were probably a few points at which your approach to, like, exercise and wellness changed, you know, over the years, given that you were on this crazy ride from the age of... 15. Yeah, I mean, I think that it was a different time, obviously. It was talking 20 years ago. So there was a very different conversation about how we looked after ourselves. And <laughs> as in, we didn't. <laughs> so people would like go to the gym. I think I went to the gym like twice in my teens and 20s. And I was just, I did, it felt like a thing that adults did. Mm. So that kind of weird limbo space between wanting to play sports and wanting to be a grown up that went to the gym and not really knowing where the middle ground was for me. And then I suppose it actually took it, it all ending or all blowing up for me to look at what, what would heal me and what would help me. After, when I was 27, I left T4 and I'd basically been on TV for nearly 12 years, every day, every week. So I had a nervous breakdown and just kind of spiraled and I kind of allowed myself to get lost in it because I just I just kind of wanted to I'd, I'd had to do be like this for so long that and rigid 
and I just wanted to go into a flowy place, no matter what that was, even if it meant I was sinking. I was like, I guess I need to sink then. And then when I kind of came back up for air, about a year later, I was like, mm, tennis? <laughs> and I just called my friend Sarah. I was like, let's finally go play some tennis. And we went down to the courts in um, really lovely courts down in St. Quentin's Avenue um, off Labrick Grove. And we just started playing, but we I didn't know how to play. I just was hitting a ball back and forth. So that was before I understood how to learn how to play a sport. So we're going to move to this first section. It's kind of the part where we ask you about how you got into your chosen sport that we're here to kind of discuss. And that's skipping, yeah, which we've lightly touched on. But we want to know, how did you get into skipping? Because it's not something that like, it's not a mass sport. I would say. No, I'm here to make it one. But yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I suppose I, I skipped a bit in like the area, a bit of double dutch like in the ends when I was growing up, but nothing crazy. And then I started deciding to change my life and get my life back and my career back about four years ago. And that always starts with, let me get a trainer. <laughs> let me start exercising. And gave me a skipping rope and I was like, oh, yes. Skipping. And it's interesting because it was a real Instagram time, I filmed it all. So I can really see what happened, which is I'm, and, you know, I'm a lot bigger when I start. I, I lost three stone over that period of training, training, training for like six, seven months. And I, 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 I am finding my rhythm. I can see it. And then I can see the moment when I find my rhythm. And suddenly I'm like, the beat of the music. Oh, that's it. Also, we started playing tunes. And I was like, skipping to music is a thing. And because it's like a dance. I was about to say, are you a dancer? Does it have that, you know, pair? It, does it pair well? Yes, <laughs> I love dancing. And actually, I dance very, like, jumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the rope on the, on the dance no, floor? No, I haven't taken it that far. No, no, Hannah, I would never take it that far. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, it, it suddenly felt like that kind of jiggery, energetic, flowy feeling that you get when you're in the rave and you're mm -hmm. just in it. I love the, like, silliness of it yeah and you have to take yourself a little bit lightly and it kind of there's something about it that it sort of taps into the inner child yes it absolutely brings out the kid in everyone everyone skips differently but usually you skip like your six-year-old self <laughs> and even when we went to like the uh all oh right so then so yeah so we was i was skipping skipping, skipping training 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 had a heartbreak and then lockdown and i was just like where's my rope so I found it to be this thing that I kept reaching for. So that's when we decided to go out and sort of give people ropes and start filming people. And then I was just like, right, well, let's edit it. Right, let's throw some music on. And then it was a film. And then I was like, skip school. And it just sort of became this thing originally as a kind of community thing to help people, to make people feel like they could have a bit of space, quite literally, and reclaim the space of the area for people in the community who hadn't felt like Clapton and Hackney had been theirs for a while. So um, there was this one brilliant young boy, I've, I've got to find the videos, called Kofi. And he was living in a council flat in uh, London Fields with his six sisters in, in like a two bed. And he was just like, oh my God, skip school films have inspired me. I've never skipped before, but I'm going to get a rope. And I guess if I was playing tennis and he's a kid with not much money, he probably wouldn't have felt like he could get anywhere close to it. But it's like, he was like, I can get one of those. Let's get a rope. And he starts and he's sending me these videos and he's all like, oh. and 
he sends them to me for about three months and by the end he's just like and I was just like oh my god I'm Oprah I can't believe I've inspired you get a car yeah right you get right like how did I inspire this kid to do this and I was like okay this is it just every time I think is this a thing it comes back to me that it really is a thing and why can't a rope change your life because it changed mine Mm. do you now you talked about the ropes bringing sort of a vibe and Mm. stuff do you play music like, is it a boombox? Are we talking 90s, you know, R&B out loud? Like, what are you creating a party atmosphere? What's going on? What we're going to do in the future is uh, do skip school classes, like they do those boxing classes. So people could go for like 15 minutes or half an hour um, and you it would be like a blackout class with just tunes and like maybe glow in the dark skipping ropes. Oh yeah, that's nice. unnecessary. Yeah. Like I'm just going to yeah. go to skip school. Yeah. I'm just going to go to ropes I can, class. I can play see Play some yeah. real tunes. But yeah, 90s R&B, for sure. But is, there a, is that the best musical genre to skip to? Or is there a surprising left field sort of option? Natasha, I've skipped to Jeff Buckley before. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I actually, <laughs> like, there's a, there's a heartbreak skip in there. If ever. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be an R&B tune. That works beautifully. I, I Burner just gets me skipping. But you can usually skip to any tune you like. I mean, we're going to have to give it a go after this. Oh, God. <laughs> we're going to have to Jeff find Buckley. a space. Yeah. <laughs> so Possibly. To... It's Friday night, girls. Austin. We've got to go oh. bit, give it some welly. <laughs> we can't have any it's just a casual Friday night Jeff Buckley skip. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what are you doing? Don't go anywhere. We're just going to a quick ad break. We've created this podcast with Nike in a bid to uncover what gets some of the most inspirational women moving. Let's find out how Nike trainer Rowan Ida moves with a quick-fire question round. Ready, Rowan? I guess so. Morning or evening workout? Morning. Weights or cardio? Mmm, cardio. Yoga or Pilates? Pilates. Exercising indoors or outdoors? Outdoors. Best motivational tip? Just go with the flow. Listen to your body. One word only. How does moving make you feel? One word only. Uplifted. Final question, maybe the most important. What or who makes you want to move? Music. Now, back to the show. Okay, so in this section of the show, we ask guests about any hurdles they've faced or continue to face, whether it's injury, illness, body perception or doubt. You explained earlier that you were in a low place in 2018, which is why you turned to movement. Could you tell us a bit more about that specific place and that year and why it was such a kind of dark time for you? Yeah, I think it was like I'd not really been working on what I wanted to work on. I think I was doing, I did a really handy, (laughs) massive voiceover for about five years, which was great because I had money in the bank, but I was so bored. And I'm so creatively unfulfilled. And I think I was sick of myself. I was sick of pretending that it was enough. And when you admit to yourself that you want more, it's actually quite scary. Because you you kind of look at how you've been living. And I've been in a really horrible sort of semi-relationship with someone who was awful to me, who kept telling me, well, you know, now that our careers are over. And I was like, excuse me, speak for yourself. And he'd be like, your career is over. And I suddenly realised like how important words were. Never listen to those words that are just someone else's fear. 
So I suppose it was a really low point because I suddenly had to look around me at where I was at and I'd been kind of coasting and pretending I was sort of working on things and starting to think about things and I wasn't. So it was a big crash to be like, oh God, I need to change it all up again. So I went to meet my cousin Mackenzie, who was a trainer. I said, will you train me? I want to get the V Festival job. And he trained me for a month and lost loads of weight and I got the V Festival job and I was like, I'm back. But I wasn't because I wasn't here. I hadn't done any therapy yet, basically. <laughs> So I think that there have been points where I've, it's hard. It's hard when your career becomes the most important thing in your life when you're 15. It's suddenly, you don't know any other place to turn to find joy or validation or celebration of yourself. Mm. I want to ask you something slightly different that resonates with me. You had that party girl rap. Mm. Now, I say this with absolutely no shade whatsoever because I'm her too. It's a hard relate. And... You know, my youth was all was sort of spent mm-hmm. raving, not wanting to go home, um, not wanting the night to end. Serious FOMO. If my friends had a story, I needed to, you know, I needed needed to have been in it. Right, and that can that can be hard to reconcile with the overall like holistic wellness, you know, idea. Because it, I also feel similarly driven to be healthy and mm-hmm. to to move my body. And I know all the science behind how much that is conducive to my, you know, general well-being and career and everything. But, you know, I am not Blake Lively over here. I'm not one of those people who can be like, I don't drink. I'm high on life. Yeah. Like if I'm high, it's caffeine or alcohol or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm either caffeinated or I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah. And um, so how do you find balance? How do you marry those two parts of your personality? I'm so happy you said the word balance because that is it. I think I try to cut parts out. So I would be like, okay, like me and Grimmie would be like, okay, so no drinking. And just we went to this juicing camp before our mate's wedding. And we lasted a night. Yeah. Um, so that was the extremes times. And then you'd last a day or two. But when I started, not 2018, not when I first started. Oh, it was 2019. <laughs> it was the year later. I started seeing this really lovely, kind, sexy <laughs> called. So he was quite young. So um, he didn't really drink. And I just stopped drinking. I just stopped because I didn't think about stopping. It just stopped. I just stopped. And I just stopped for like six months. And then I just started again. And everything was just like a bit different. Like I just drank differently. But basically I just found different ways to pull myself back from that. How? Tell me how. I think because (laughs) I care about tomorrow so much now. Oh God. I know. (laughs) I know. I can't do that. I just, but I care so much about like, what I'm doing at the moment. And when I go out now, I make sure I go out to dance, which usually Mm. gets me home earlier. (laughs) (laughs) But I know what you mean. It's really interesting talking about the reconciliation of both parts of yourself. And I would say it's just about not trying to cut one out and be like, she's the dirty bad one and she's the good one. Right? It's like, they're both good and they're both important and life is short and I don't want to not go to the pub, but I make sure I get up and I train. Yeah. yeah. And you can live both. And then you live both. 80 20. 80 20. <laughs> okay. Good balance. Yeah. yeah. Maybe just think about what your ratio is. It's, it's 40 wellness. Right. 60 <laughs> no, partying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, but that's not, fine. But... No, but that's fine. If it is, it's like, okay, then nothing needs to be cut out. Maybe just look, maybe just observed. Like, yeah. okay, so that's where I'm at. Yeah. All right. For me, I think a lot of you, 33? 
Uh, no. Thirteen. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're going, no, no. Oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. I thought I'd been... Okay. No, no, no. I'm about to be 36. Okay, right, okay. I had a, yeah, I had a, I had a child as well. That made me change you things. Were, you've Just, got a baby. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's, a resp- there's definitely... That changed it because it's like, well, I literally am going to be up at 5am, so I can't go home at 5am. Right. Although that has happened where my husband and I have come home at 5am and the person that was looking after the kid is like... He's up and ready for you. He's up and I'm out of here. I'm interested in like how movement has been such a big part of your life recently. Looking back to those times, that kind of like wild, mad career party time, how do you think it would have affected you had you sort of incorporated movement at that time? So funny you say that because you know what we never did? I remember that I really thought about this, those 10 years of just being in the midst of it all. We never danced. We just went to grout shows and parties and whatever, raves and whatever. But we didn't dance. And I I come from a family of dancing people. And when I started skipping, I started dancing again. So I think movement encourages movement. Yeah. 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 I like that. Mm. Do you find that, Hannah? Are you... Totally. I find I get energy from moving. I'm not... I can't sit at my desk all day and I just feel so tired from sitting. And I have to be moving to get energy like to work yeah so what do you do I run in my park Um, that is uh, (laughs) she's one of those um but I but for me the running is like moving forward you know if I'm stuck with something I will just go and run and maybe I'll listen to music maybe I won't but I will run through whatever is going on or that's the aim anyway and sometimes I've been like there have been times in my life where I haven't been able to run and I see runners in the park I'm so jealous because yeah. I'm like I want to be I know that feeling I know what it feels yeah, like yeah the sort of eight minutes in feeling and you're like yeah. I can do anything and that's the thing I think it's getting to that point where you cl- you get clarity clarity I'm, I'm actually super jealous of Hannah because she um, can be a lot more dedicated than me but she does that gets that clarity from, from running outside and you are very disciplined about it because I know because I know the benefits yeah, and I know if I don't do it I don't feel good yeah and it's not about you know like I think you know feeling strong and that's all great as well but for me it really is uh, a mental thing and it's like an, a bit of an addiction there have been times in my life where I've been like too running too much wow. you know but yeah now I, I think I'm in a because I don't have the time to more healthy space yeah, yeah. I'm in a healthy space you know how your brain works and you know how yeah. your brain works yeah. it's yeah. about knowing what's right for your body and your brain yeah. what's going to give you clarity or bring you joy or give you the vision to you know publish a great feature or you know start a business mm-hmm. about knowing what works for you and, and people just need to find that and the thing that I love about you starting skipping later is just that proof that you can discover what that is at any moment. You don't have to have been doing it forever. You don't have to be a tennis player from the age of six. You can take it up. Absolutely. I think it's so important for people to realise that and actually any movement. That's why that kind of, what was it that was being locked down? Five steps, couch to 5K. Oh, yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's why that was so successful because it really is just like your first step Mm. is important. Like, should we book the court? Like when I just sent a link for a tennis racket to my friend Phoebe. And now we've been playing for two years. It's like, I remember just going, just send her the link, just send her the link. And it's just those little things to just get you into this space that you probably will get addicted to. Cause it's, cause it can be that good for you. Yeah. Um. So obviously we've talked about this a lot, but you've been in the public eye now for a lot longer than 
than when you hadn't, you know, sort of, I say a lot. You're not that old. Let's... <laughs> no, but it is ratio-wise, it's but more ratio time than more not. More time famous than not. Has being on TV and being in the public eye, I mean, ha- I know it has, but how has it affected your body? Also, other people's vision of what your body is. Yeah, so when I started um, Pop when I was a skinny teenager, and then when I was about 22... I got really into like cocktails and wine <laughs> and uh, all things bad for you, smoking and eating like McDonald's on the way to work and stuff. And I just started putting on weight. Also, I was before, it's like I feel like 15 to 22 is like that body. And then 22 starts showing where you're, what your lifestyle is. And I didn't have any time to, I was working so much. Like this is like everyday land of T4. And T4 was very big at the time. So it's very high profile job. And I suppose how big it was and how much I wasn't liking the way I look. You know, when you almost go worse, I was like, all right, well, I'll just like do what I want. And just kept putting weight on. And then my hair became a real issue because um, in my, I think about 19, they I was told to sort of get extensions because it was more camera ready. Actually, that, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that is something that fascinates me Mm. that hopefully we've grown out of generationally now that sort of TV producers get a say in your hair and your body. Yeah, and your appearance. That idea feels repulsive to me. Do you think it still happens now? I was asking Clara this the other day. I think not with makeup. But I think still with hair, sometimes people will go, oh, I don't do black hair. And it's like, okay, why didn't they book someone that does? But it always goes back to screen. They would use screen a lot. And screen became this thing of like, oh, right, for screen. It's not quite good enough for screen. And you go, oh, okay, fine, fair enough. If they were like, I don't like the way you look and I don't think you should like walk down the street, it'd be like, what are you talking about? But for screen, it was like, there are rules. And I, w- I was the only black or mixed race person everyone else was white so there wasn't any comparison so it couldn't be like did you say this to blah blah about her hair who knows I was the only person with these extensions that I've been asked to get that ironically looked terrible my hair was great before but they looked terrible because I hated them Mm, and I'm not a very groomed person I'm not like a sort of scarf at night and if you don't look after your weave it looks and so it was slightly lopsided <laughs> for quite a while because I didn't want it on my head. And the the minute I took those extensions out when I was like 31, I mean, that's, that's how locked into them I was. Even when I wasn't on screen, I wouldn't take them out. I felt like I could, my all my energy was touching the sky again and that my scalp was out and everything I'd always been was ready to be unleashed and found again. And... I see so many black girls now with plaits and it's so freeing to see that because I was not alone in finding living with a weave difficult. I think a lot of black girls I knew found it difficult and embarrassing. You know, you don't want people to touch the top of your head because you have wefts and people still ask stupid questions like, where do you get the hair from? Who does it come from? Things like that. Just they they expose you and they make you feel belittled and other and dirty and... I don't, that's what I've seen change. We've got a final section, actually, before we speak to our coach. This part of the show is called Ask Me Anything, AMA, it's a Reddit term. And it's where our L readers send in questions that they've been desperate to ask you. Okay. So these are not from us. So you've got a couple of questions. Hannah, do you want to go first? From your fans. Yeah. So Tommy would like to know if you've managed to persuade 
your mum to get skipping. I changed my dad's life with skipping, but not my mum's. My mum has a bit of a dodgy knee because she got run over, hit by a car when she was 23. Oh my God. Um, so she... She she does find it harder and she does always go, I wish I could skip with you guys. But my dad, I gave him a rope in lockdown and he lost like three stone and now he trains every day and he skips all the time. It changed his life and he loves it. So I did one parent. Still got to do the other one. <laughs> Imogen wants to know how obsessed you really are with skipping. I think we've answered this question, but do you carry a rope in your bag at all times? Do you travel with it? Yes. Yes. She's got it right here. She keeps waving it around. Yes, because if I don't want to skip, there's always something I go, do you have a rope? I've got one. Because people always like, I don't even have a rope. Here you go. Yeah, no excuses. No excuses. Okay, Joe says, can I skip with you? And if yes, where? (laughs) What we're going to start doing um, actually with ropes is we are going to start going to schools over the spring and summer um, and just talking to kids about how important sport is and how much it can change the way you deal with, for me personally, fear and courage and letting go and freedom and getting closer to yourself and also how great it is to work in teams with sport. I just think sport's just the best, as you know. We're joined again by Nike trainer Rowan Ida. Hi, Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Hey, Hey, Rowan. Welcome, welcome. Rowan, I want to ask you about community. Obviously, community is such a big part of Makita's skip school. And I think community is important to you too. What advice do you have for people who are struggling to find their own community if they find the idea of classes are a bit too intimidating, perhaps? It's it's like it's like finding love. You gotta like try things, you gotta show up and and be vulnerable be yourself. And if it's not your thing, be completely okay with that. Be proud of yourself for trying something new. I'm always amazed by people who show up to my class who are doing it for the first time. I'm like, wow, like that already inspires me. It's so it's, it is a vulnerable thing. I come in so many gyms uh, weekly and still when I walk into a new space, it's still very, it can be intimidating. Nerve wracking. Yeah. Right. It must be for so many people. But then when you find a spot where you feel comfortable, even if the class or the workout or the movement, whatever you're doing, still feels a little off, but the space makes you feel comfortable and you're having a smile on your face or you feel good during and after, then I would say give it a few times to, you know, let your body get used to it. And that's what matters. It should be fun, playful. Mm -hmm. Have you seen, Rowan, any great moments of someone totally come out of their shell in a way that you didn't expect them to? Yes. I, I got to say, like the first few years that I started teaching rhythm riding, which is what I teach now, like the indoor cycling boutique vibe that we now know, right? The first few years of those classes were mind-blowing to me. And those started becoming my favorite classes to teach. I don't know. It's like people will, you know, send DMs or something after class with the craziest stories and breakthroughs. And it's 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 huge what movement can do yeah. to someone's life. Do you have an example? I remember uh, uh, a person that was taking my classes, uh, a lady. Uh, she's in her 50s now. She was in her 40s then. And she quit her corporate job and she started teaching she did a training with me to become a trainer and she started teaching and her entire life like 
Wow. Yeah. 360. 360, exactly. <laughs> Incredible. And all three movement. That's quite amazing. Yes. And what about friendships? Do you see a lot of friendships forming in your classes? Absolutely. Um, actually, even for myself, I remember uh, one of the first classes that I took that was at Soul Cycle. I used to teach there, but before I taught there, I was just a writer there. And I was right next to someone during a community ride and we were just vibing on such a good level. And now she's one of my best friends. Really? Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. You went from Soul Cycle to Soul Sister. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, Rowan. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Rowan. That's Thank you great. for Thank my. You. Thank you for my diagnosis. You need to come over so that we can all join one, and we can all hold hands while we cycle and like. Get I into am that. heading your way. I actually used to live in London before the the pandemic hit. Oh, so okay. When are but you next back? Very soon, actually. Um, I think it's gonna be June or something. Where do you train when you're here? I'm coming to skip. Ropes. Okay, fine. I'm ready to skip. Hot <laughs> going after make them happen by June. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. <laughs> Pressure's on. <laughs> and thank you, Mikita, for joining us as well. We're at the final whistle. So yeah, we've just so enjoyed, so enjoyed talking to you. And I think Hannah and I are ready to sign up. I think we might do it outside yeah, now. I think we should get the rope. I'm not wearing the right sports bra for this, so watch out, everyone. Okay. Um, you can check yeah, we'll it a go. Yeah, yep, come go. on. Find your rhythm. Thanks so on much. The streets of King's Cross. And thank you for listening. We would love to hear what you'll be taking away from this episode. Email us at podcasts at luk.com or you can DM us at luk. If you want to get involved in Makita's skipping school, you can find her on Instagram at Makita Oliver. Next week, we're going to be joined by the internationally renowned makeup artist, Isamaya French. She's going to be telling us how Pilates has helped her slow down. If you've enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends. Make sure you never miss another episode by following Why I Move on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This was an LUK podcast in association with Nike. Produced by Curly Media for Hearst. See you next week. This podcast was brought to you by Nike. We're joined again by Nike trainer Rowan Ida. Rowan, what's the first thing you do when you step off the bike after a class? Love that question. Actually, it's hugging and high-fiving the people who came to class. Oh, love that. Thanks so much, Rowan. Thank you.